Welcome back. It's a good time of year to start uh, preparing yourself for the upcoming uh, winter slash holiday slash heating slash cooking season. And uh, the folks I know at Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency are doing that, probably doing it all year long. But there is a new director, a relatively new director in charge. Uh, her name is Don Brantley, and she's joined today by the Public Information Officer, Sarah Porter. So ladies, welcome to you both. Thanks for coming over. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. It's a great uh, time of year, right, Don, to talk about uh, getting ready for winter and talked about a freeze uh, coming up later on this week. There's already forecast for maybe half a foot of snow up in the northern part of New England, mm -hmm. so it's coming. It is, yeah. uh, and today actually kicks off the National Weather Service Winter Preparedness Week. Oh, that's right. Um, and so it's a good time to, to talk about it. So even though um, it's, it's the beginning of the season, um, preparing now is, is the most important important part. Yeah, you want to do it bef yeah. before before the snow yes, flies, right? Yeah, that way you're ready. Definitely. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you're a relatively new director appointed just this past summer, right? But you've been at MEMA for a little bit now? I have. I came in in January of 2020, just in time to be here for COVID. Right. Uh, Talking about an yes. emergency, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, came in as assistant director for planning and preparedness and the my predecessor, Sam Phillips, Samantha Phillips, uh, put me in charge of the mass care operations side of things. So okay. got to stand up and run the COVID isolation hotel program. Well, yeah. tell us a little bit about your background, if you can, uh, where you're from, where you've worked prior, where you went to school, and how did you end up at MEMA? Sure. Uh, I actually grew up in Texas, um, but I've lived in eight states, so a little bit nomadic. Um, my dad always asked me if, if I'm going to get a permanent address at some point, and I just say, why? Uh, <laughs> it's a big country. It's plenty, a, you know, why, why stick in one yeah. place? Uh, so I... Um, I did my undergraduate degrees. I finished, started at Ohio State, finished at the University of Alaska Anchorage, wow. human services and psychology. Um, and then uh, just before I came up to MEMA, um, I completed my JD with a focus on applying non-discrimination laws to emergency management oh, and disaster response. Okay. Congratulations on that. Thank you. That's quite an achievement, yeah. yeah. Um, dealing with uh, Alaskan winters must have really <laughs> set you up for just about anything. I, I am one of those apparently very odd people who love winter. I mean, everybody loves fall. Um, I, I actually love winter, but I started my career in Anchorage, Alaska at the Office of Emergency Management there. Okay. actually started as an intern. First day on the job, we had a volcanic eruption. So <laughs> Mount Redoubt erupted on my first day. Wow. Okay. Um, so it was uh, it was a great it was a great experience. I fell in love with emergency management. Really? It was 2008, um, and just like in the first 24 hours, knew that's where I was going to be. Is that right? Yeah. What What was it about it that that struck a chord with you? Uh, there's always something challenging. Never, no two days are are ever alike. So mm. Sarah's a little a lot newer to emergency <laughs> management in the public information space, but yeah. would you say that's, that's true? You never know what you're going to come into. Absolutely. I was promised that the summer was going to be the slower time of the year, and that did not happen. <laughs> so it is something different every day for sure. Okay. And everything we do is about helping people. I mean, everything from mm. mitigation, so reducing risk to disasters, is about keeping people safer mm -hmm. in the long, long run. Sarah's job in public information about messaging, education, outreach, our response, recovery, Emergency management at its core is about keeping people safe. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, we only think about it, um, like as I mentioned, with snowstorms and blizzards, flooding situations, but 
COVID is a great example of an emergency, right? And things that we don't even think of. Um, the natural gas explosions up on the North Shore yes. is another yep. one. Um, so when you talk about emergency management, it could be anything, right? It really could. Yeah. I mean, when MEMA was founded uh, 60 years ago, mm. was when the bunker was built, but MEMA predates the bunker. Uh, so when emergency management started, we were civil defense, and it was focused on nuclear attacks. Sure, okay. And then it evolved into emergency management that has such a broad scope, everything from highly pathogenic aviation, avian influenza, yep. can't even say it correctly, <laughs> to droughts, to tornadoes, tropical storms. And as our, our climate starts to change, Massachusetts can expect to see more frequent, larger events happening you know last summer we had a summer of drought mm -hmm. and brush fires across the state like we haven't seen in a long time so true possibly yeah. ever i mean we went to um, a fire that was up in in rockport and it came within maybe 100 150 feet of houses wow. and it was burning 20 feet into the ground because of the drought yeah. and then this summer as we all know we've had it's been a summer of flooding and eight tornadoes right. within about a five to six week period of time. Yes, yeah, so unprecedented events for sure. We saw the flooding up in Lemonster with yes. the, the commuter rail tracks just washed away and dangling in, in midair. Uh, folks losing you know their entire yards to, to flooding, stuff mm -hmm. that you don't normally see uh, on a regular basis, maybe a one right. in 100 year time event, you know. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to, to talk about too, we went out to all of those communities. Um, so we were out there, MEMA as a team was out um, before the event started and, and throughout, but, but I had an opportunity to go and, and tour a lot of damage and, and talk to residents in the cities and towns. And what I heard at every single site was that the cities and towns were, were seeing flooding in locations and in ways that they've never seen before. Right. And so even if you aren't accustomed to preparing for things, it may be time to set that aside. Yes. And just, you know, think, every year it could be a little bit different. Yeah, you kind of expect it if you live, you know, in the vicinity of a stream or a river mm -hmm. or certainly the ocean, but there's so much underground waterways uh, here in the, the coastal plain, basically, that, would, that we don't know about, but when you get these unprecedented rain events, they make themselves known in not so fun ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Unprecedented is starting to become kind of the norm. Kind of the norm, yeah. Nah. So, what, Don, overall, what's kind of the, the mission of MEMA? You know, what, what, is, what is its goal? What, is it, what does it actually do? Our, we have a, what I call a dual mission. Okay. So MEMA is the agency that prepares the Commonwealth, coordinates the state-level response and state-level recovery. And then the other part of our mission is supporting and assisting at the local level. Okay. So every city and town has an emergency management director who um, has primary authority for their, their locality. Mm -hmm. and, and our role is also to help them uh, pre-event, so with preparing, training, exercise, planning, but also during an event and all the way through recovery and back into mitigation. So we're, we're doing state-level operations. We're also supporting our local-level operations, like your own Quincy Emergency Man Management Director, Ali Suleiman, mm -hmm. who, is, who is a fantastic partner. Okay, so really uh, you are the kind of the clearinghouse for Massachusetts emergency management information and action as well, right? So yeah. running shelters is, is part of Prima it? Well, <laughs> before the last uh, couple of years, yeah. so sheltering is a local level responsibility. Okay. And so when, well, when a local emergency management director stands up a shelter, we might provide resources, uh, we'll provide some technical assistance, 
recently we've been involved in several sheltering operations at Devons with the Emergency Assistance Intake Center. Before that, um, the folks that were uh, flown to Martha's Vineyard um, and then back into the current EA mission as well. Okay, so this is part of what I was saying that folks don't think about MEMO, you know, when, mm -hmm. uh, say, the migrant crisis is involved, but it is an emergency. The governor right. declared so, right? So, uh, so MEMO, of course, will get involved. Another big part I know of the mission is education and yes. public outreach. That's where Sarah comes in. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, your story, Sarah, about how you came to MEMA. I am fairly new to MEMA. I'm okay. one of the newest team members. I started in January of this past oh, year. Welcome. So I actually spent the last 10 years in higher education at Framingham State in a communications role, mm -hmm. but literally a mile away from the bunker. So I was very familiar. I also um, started my career as a journalist. So as a journalist, I was very familiar with MEMA. Sure. Uh, so when I saw the career opportunity pop up and thought it would be a fun change, and it's certainly been a change of pace and kept <laughs> me busy over the <laughs> The last 10 months so I'm, I'm enjoying it greatly fun good 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 uh, what is your kind of your your responsibility at MEMA so during our what we call blue sky days we have two different postures our blue sky days it could be raining pouring like it is today out but if we're not activated or responding to an incident we still consider that a blue sky day for okay. us so during our blue sky days I'm focused on sharing this preparedness information with the communities making sure that information is accessible to the whole community meaning you know people who English isn't their primary language yeah. or people with uh, disabilities access and functional needs because those are the people who are also disproportionately impacted when a disaster strikes. So sharing that preparedness information on digital channels, on um, with our communities through our regional offices. We have uh, regional offices in Tewksbury, Agawam, and Franklin. Mm. So we work with our local, co I work with our local coordinators uh, in our regional offices to share our preparedness information with those local emergency management directors and make sure that that messaging gets out to the community beforehand. Okay. And then in our gray sky days, the response posture, making sure that everyone has the most up-to-date information and especially when it comes to protective actions they should be taking both what the Commonwealth is doing in support of the incident and also what the public should be doing to protect themselves. Yeah, communication is key, right? Absolutely. Uh, especially during an event, uh, yes. to make sure all the first responders uh, know what's going on and are talking to each other and also communicating with the residents, right, to make sure they know what's going on. Yes, on, yeah. on our end at MEMO, what we're doing a lot of times is being part of what we call the Joint Information System or Joint Information Center, where all of the agencies at the state level involved in the response can kind of coordinate that messaging to make sure we're all singing from the same sheet of music when we're communicating with the public about what's going on. Right, and each community has its own specific needs, right, based on the demographics of, of, the, of that population. Absolutely. Yeah, so you need to be familiar with those and be able to respond to those. Yes, and we have a lot of great resources at the state level to support the emergency management directors in the towns and communities. If an incident does happen, we have a lot of GIS maps available on our website. So if uh, an incident happens in a certain area and the local incident command wants to know, um, you know how, m how many people in this area mm -hmm. are considered part of a vulnerable population, what right. languages are spoken, how many have reported a, a disability, you can kind of gather that general information from our GIS maps to help better prepare for both planning and response. Sure, absolutely. So we're here to talk about winter, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> for a lot of folks. I know, not for, not for you, Don. Right? We love it. <laughs> well, if there's anybody we want in charge of MEMA, <laughs> it's somebody who loves snow, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, what is MEMA doing right now uh, to educate folks about what to do for winter? 
Well, we're starting to uh, really take a look. We have our own um, agency meteorologist, Mike Souza, who we brought on um, about a year and a half ago. And so he has already given us kind of the outlook for the season. So we take that and um, Sarah and her team will turn it into a lot of outreach, educational messaging. Um, but on the back end, then we are working with what are called our ESF partners, emergency support functions. Mm. So that's how we bring in other agencies and organizations uh, to coordinate the response. So we're talking through what do we have um, ready to go? What are the capabilities? Are there any gaps that we had identified last year that we haven't addressed mm. yet? Training. Um, but the big piece really is talking to people about what they can do uh, at home yep. and on their own to, to prepare. Yeah, we've got a couple of graphics I want to show folks uh, to run down some of the steps that they can take. It uh, doesn't take a lot of effort and it takes a little bit of thought, right? Yep. So the difference between a winter storm warning and a winter weather advisory, and this was news to me, but <laughs> I didn't know it had to do with timing and amount of snow expected, right, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, understanding the terminology is a, is a big piece of being aware. So when we have watches or advisories versus versus warnings, we like to break it down into something that's as simple as possible to understand. When you yep. see that watch or advisory, it means that kind of the, the ingredients for potentially uh, destructive bout of weather are there. Um, but then when you see that warning, that's the take action message. It okay. means it's happening now, take preparedness actions right away. Okay, so it's yellow light for advisory, red light exactly. for warning, basically. Exactly. Uh, and we have one more to show folks uh, to actually take some steps to get ready for their travels during the winter if if possible right yes we try yeah. to break this messaging down to make it um, you know as easy for people as possible to kind of put together things that you already have in your household probably laying around in one place or another putting those things together and be ready for an emergency whether it be in your car or in your home mm -hmm. we always recommend having an emergency kit so the supplies to get together for your car to be ready when you're traveling for winter weather on the road having a shovel a flashlight with extra batteries keeping a extra winter coat in the car in case you do uh, break down or, or need roadside assistance being able to stay warm during that time um, and any sort of snacks or bottled water you can keep in your car just in case sure uh, interesting statistic on the bottom of that graphic 70% of winter deaths related to snow and ice occur in cars I'm guessing carbon monoxide is that is that it's a it's a mixture of factors, okay. so it could be carbon monoxide, could be vehicle accidents oh, okay. on the road, um, which is why we always caution, you know, extra leaving extra space, mm. taking extra time when conditions are slippery out sure. there. Okay. Um, I, I had a friend once who told me something that has was just sort of life changing, but obvious. He says, "Leave enough room for things to go wrong." Yeah. And that is that is very true in the wintertime. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's the majority of the accidents are caused by folks traveling too close together and not being able to stop in time, you know, unfortunately. Uh, so avoid that. And when, when you see the, uh, the governor come on television during a storm and say, please don't drive if you don't have to, that's why. Yes. <laughs> that's why, right? Uh, and also to give uh, the plows room, obviously, mm -hmm. to, to clear the streets. We've already seen the electronic messaging boards on, on the highways looking for snowplow drivers, you know, for the states. Are we in good shape with that, or is that somebody else's that department? Somebody else's, okay. uh, <laughs> somebody else's circus to deal with. But they are an emergency support yes. function partner, so absolutely. we work with them quite a bit. Uh, you mentioned the bunker a couple of times, uh, Don, and folks might not be familiar with what that is. Well, MEMA lives underground. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, underground for 60 years. So the MEMA bunker is right next to state police headquarters in Framingham. You, driving down nine, you might see the big MEMA bushes out front. <laughs> uh, we are 
we have about an acre of space, 42 feet underground. Wow. We were the first civil defense bunker in the Kennedy administration. Really? Yes. Uh, so our bunker was dedicated and opened in November of 1963. So this year is our 60th, 60th. anniversary. Wow. So we are throwing a bunker birthday party. <laughs> okay. <Is there> anyone? <laughs> What's going on? Yes, if I can put a plug yeah, in please. for our bunker birthday party. We are having uh, an opportunity for the uh, public to come to the bunker to see our facility underground, which you normally don't have the opportunity to if you're a member of the public and also share some of those emergency support function assets that we work with on a regular basis. So we have a lot of our partners coming for kind of a touch-a-truck style okay. display in our parking lot. So it's this coming Saturday, November okay. 4th, from 11 to 2 p.m. And uh, parking entrance will be through the state police headquarters on Route 9. And you can follow the uh, our, our lovely parking attendants and mm -hmm. signs, mm -hmm. and you'll get to see all the cool displays and then come down into the bunker. We're going to have self-guided tours of various areas areas. We're going to have the State Emergency Operations Center set up as if it were in an activation. Uh, okay. So it should be a great time. Yeah. There's 6,000 pound doors. There's wow. a morgue. There's an escape hatch and secret hallways. It is a very cool space. We have our own bunk room. My son, the first time I took him down, um, said this is the perfect place to film a horror movie. So <laughs> they have to come out and see it. Great. It's perfect for Halloween. <laughs> okay. When does it get decided, or how does it get decided, Don, when to activate that, that center? How does that happen? Well, we, have, we do a lot of planning uh, yeah. ahead of time that kind of sets our, our triggers, our thresholds for doing that. But when we know, so let me back up. There mm -hmm. are a couple of different types of emergencies. There is a notice event and there is a no notice event. So if a no-notice event occurs, so we don't, there's no heads up, so like an earthquake oh, or okay. uh, a human-caused incident, okay. things like that, um, <clears throat> then if it is of a, a magnitude or a scope that will outstrip local capabilities or requires more than one or two state agencies to respond, we will activate the State Emergency Operations Center and one or more of our regional emergency operations centers. Okay. Notice events, we are, those are the ones we can see coming, gotcha. whether it's a planned yep. event or a hurricane that's several days out. Um, so depending on the type of the event and, again, the scope and the scale um, and what we need to coordinate, we will make the decision to partially activate or fully activate. Um, but, in fact, we, we frequently activate our regional EOCs more often than we do our state EOC sure. because they're there uh, primarily to support the localities yep. who are being impacted. Gotcha. Uh, mass.gov slash snow, good place to go for winter weather information uh, all over social media as well, right, Sarah? Yes, you okay. can find us, the Massachusetts Emergency Management Agency, on Facebook and X, or formerly Twitter. Yep. Uh, and we're also on LinkedIn if you're looking for potential career opportunities like I was just a year ago. There you go. So. All right. Thank you both. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and learn a little bit more about uh, MEMA. I hope you have a great event on Saturday. Thank, Thank you. you. You're very welcome.